Welcome again to Concepts for Living, Biblical Principles for Contemporary Living. In this message, I'll be speaking from the theme, It's Time to Testify. Stay tuned and be blessed. Much of that which we do in Christendom, that which we do in the church, that which we do in our own individual Christian lives is more introvert than it is extrovert. It's more about me. It's more about us than it is about them or others. It's the truth. Whether by ritual, routine, or relationship, it all seems to turn back in on us. And if it doesn't, we get upset. I don't feel good. That song didn't move me. Or, 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 or we'll say, well, it's not satisfactory to me. Or oh, oh, it's not meeting my need. It has to come back to you. Not realizing that whatever you have been blessed with is not for you. Even your experience, even your most difficult period in your life, it is not for you. It's only so that you might be able to say, like Paul, listen to it, because you've read this a hundred times, I'm sure, before. He says, for I have received that which I deliver unto you. That which I have been blessed with, I deliver to you. That which I've gone through and learned from, I give it to you. Just being a Christian is not about me. It's about what God's going to do with me to cause others to become Christian. Amen. Amen. Help me, Holy Ghost. Yeah. So then, what I'm saying, in short, is that while we have a legitimate right to celebrate our experience personally, we must also remember that we have a mandate in that experience to testify to other people. But what we tend to do is to say, that's my own personal business. Nobody's business but mine. I'm the one who went through this. God did it for me. And what we do is we personalize it to the extent that we never fulfill our assignment for other people. God only let you experience that so that you might have something to convey to somebody else. So don't in the future think it's all about you. For example, remember when Jesus so wonderfully healed 
the man, the Gadarene. Look sometime in chapter five of St. Mark's Gospel. And what you will find is that there was a man. <laughs> I said there was a man. And this man had a serious problem. Number one, he was possessed by a legion of demons. This man lived among the tombs. In other words, his address was the graveyard. This man would mutilate his own body. This man was so violent and vicious that not even chains could restrain him. In that chapter, you'll find that what was happening was that the Bible says that no man could tame him. But one day, in the midst of all of that horror, in the midst of all of that pain, in the midst of all of that demonic possession, he saw Jesus. Didn't say he heard him. Didn't say he felt him. He just heard Jesus. And when he heard Jesus, he went, and the Bible said, and he went to him to worship. Oh, that blows my mind. That blows my mind when I think of people who are demon-possessed, people who are living in deep in sin and horror and condemnation and brokenness and woundedness. Oh, you can just make a change by just hearing about Jesus. He heard about Jesus and he went to worship Jesus. And you know the story. Jesus marvelously delivered that man. I, I, I was so, I was brought to tears a few moments ago when I listened to Clay and he talked about I'm here. I'm here. Sometimes we make a big thing out of big things instead of making a big thing out of little things. To the extent that we realize how small it may be, yet out of that God can bring some big stuff. That's why today we ought to celebrate I, I almost feel like, of course, I'll be under, I'll be, I'll be under judgment. I'll be under judgment. But I would, I just feel like telling you, what in the world will it take for you to bust loose and to come out of your chains, and to come out of your boundaries, and to come out of your restrictions, and give God the worship? The three points of this message. The historical, two, the personal, and three, the evangelical. All three represent our responsibility to minister, if you please, our testimony. It cannot be just a historic event. 
It must be a personal experience. And it must also be evangelical to win somebody else. Cause someone else to be blessed through your testimony. Stay tuned. You'll see how these three points will encapsulate the truth of this message. And so here we have it. Paul on his way. And so Paul never went to school, never went to New Converse class, never had any follow-up doctrine. Never. But how in the world is he going to end up saying, I have received of the Lord, and that's what I deliver unto you. And then he goes on to tell us what he received. The Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, broke it, and gave thanks. And then he said, this is my body which is broken for you. This do. God, This is my body which is broken for you. This do. Go and repeat it. Go and replicate it. Go and imitate it. Instead, what we do is, got my bread, got my cup. <clears throat> yeah. We thank you, God, for Holy Communion. Thank you, God, for the Eucharist. Uh, thank you, God, for the breaking of bread. Whatever you call it. And that's it. It's a message about what we have to do with what we have possessed. When the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive, that confuses us because it goes against the grain of human logic. <laughs> but when you see this, that it's more blessed to give. It's more blessed to release it. It's more blessed to release it than it is to receive it. Oh, there it is more blessed to release it than it is to receive it. It's more blessed to receive We say it's more blessed to receive than to release. And yet some people repeat it over and over again. Paul says something I'm going to read to you from Galatians. It's found in Galatians 1. I'm going to read from the Amplified Bible. Let's go to verse 11. For I want you to know, brethren, that's it. I want you to know, brethren, that the gospel which was proclaimed and made known by me is not man's gospel or human invention according to our, what now, patterned after any human standard. What he's saying is, what you see me doing, I didn't get it from human beings. For indeed, I did not receive it from man. Verse 12. Nor was I taught it. But through, what? 
revelation given me by Jesus the Messiah. That's how I got what I knew about the Lord's Supper. As you have heard of my early career and former manner of life in the, what is now Jewish religion or Judaism, how I persecuted and abused the church of God furiously, extensively, and with fanatical zeal, did my best to make havoc of it and destroy it. And you heard how I, what's this now, outstripped or outran many of the men of my own generation among the people of my race. And it happened in my way of study, my advancement in my studies, my observance of the laws of Judaism, so extremely enthusiastic and zealous I was for the traditions of my ancestors. But, come on now, but when he who had chosen and set me apart even before I was born and had called me by his grace, his, what is now, his observed favor and blessing, saw fit and was pleased, watch this now, to reveal or disclose his son within me so that I might proclaim him among the Gentiles. Got this? The non-Jews. Got that? And then he goes and says, immediately I did not confer with flesh and blood. I did not consult with, what, any frail human being or communicated with any, nor did I even go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles, special messengers of Christ. Before I was, but, what's this now, I went away and retired into Arabia and after I came back again to Damascus. He was in Arabia for three years. Why did you read all that? What he's saying is, I know about Holy Communion. I know about the Eucharist. I know about breaking of bread. I know about Holy Communion. I know about that, but not because anybody taught me. I know it by revelation. Why, Pastor, why did you go through all of that? I went through all of that to let you know that God is so awesome that when he wants you to know his will, he'll single you out and take you down a different path from everybody else and convey to you stuff that you would have to spend four years somewhere and have a certain GPA so that you might graduate, hopefully summa cum laude. <laughs> no, it's not that. He said, but because he wanted me from before I was born, 
He ordained me that I would be the way I am. Now I know I didn't make myself this, and you didn't make me. But Jesus, he made me who I am. And so you and I have to understand that in the old, you know, sometimes it's good to read the uh, King James Version because King James Version says it a little bit differently, but it says it anyhow. Okay? Listen to this. Verse 11, you, you King James Version people, got it? He says, I certify you. You see that? I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by revelation of Jesus Christ. Don't tell me you got to go to school before you can be a good Christian. Don't tell me you got to go to some religious institution. Jesus can meet you wherever you are. And he can open up to you revelation. Maybe not instruction, revelation. Not according to the old system, but no, revelation. Somebody ought to stop right now and say, speak to me, Lord. By revelation. There's a reason why the last book in the Bible is titled. Because with all that you have read, with all that you have seen, it's going to come down to revelation. Somebody ought to throw their hand up and say, reveal it to me, Lord. Well, I sincerely trust that you've been inspired challenge and encourage to testify. Somebody needs your testimony. Somebody will be enriched by your testimony. And you have paid too much for that testimony to just let it sit on the shelf of do nothing. Testify and let God be glorified and somebody be edified. So until next time, and I shall come to you with more biblical principles for contemporary living, may God bless you and yours. Concepts for living. Concepts for living. Concepts for living can change your life today.